So that's been a big plus, honestly, just getting seeing the the feedback from that from um, from Patreon. That's good. Yeah, um, I think it's I think it means a lot to me that um, our you know the work we do, the the stuff we do has 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 had a positive influence, and it, it's just us like dicking around. That's really what we're doing. We're just dicking around. Uh, one of the good things I like uh, I I can't remember if it's Orion Moon or um, Jonathan who messaged me says um, I listened to your podcast for uh, the artistry and he said I some of the advice that uh, my interview is um, slimy and he says some of the advice was actually really helpful and I'm like I genuinely appreciate it because that's what I want to hear from this this is actually meant to help people not just like. I'm interviewing these people just for shits and giggles. Although, the fact that your shits and giggles actually does, or like the Midnight Mirror's shits and giggles actually does help people is actually a good feeling too. It is a good feeling. I'm actually pretty pretty uh, glad about that. And people were people are um, relieved that um, I, I I've seen some messages that people are relieved that uh, you're making a comeback on the show again. <laughs> Like, I've told them, no, don't worry, Dead Palette's coming back. I'm like, good. <laughs> oh, yeah, I saw a bunch of comments like, uh, where's Dead Palette? Did he leave? No, he's still here. Just Overwatch. Just, Just <laughs> Overwatch. Why don't you tell us about Overwatch? Are we recording? Yes. <laughs> oh, is that... Overwatch, I assumed, was going to be your new uh, Metal Gear equivalent. Um, maybe. I don't know. It's, it's not... Well, I guess it is narrative. I haven't been keeping up with the narrative of it though. Is this all? Yeah. Is this all the fucking cold open? Yep. It doesn't have to be. I just Kayla hit record really like clandestinely during all this, and I was just like, oh, okay, I'm just gonna keep talking. Let's let's use this material for another cold open if we do another one tonight. You mean the the, the, the we, Overwatch thing? The shit that we've just talked about. Oh, with the with the with the. Nice message. Yeah, I do have a story we can do. Actually, I just thought of a story we can do okay. after this. Okay. So I'll go ahead. But yeah, go ahead and start the real. <laughs> all right. All right. Oh, shit. I'm sorry. You're evil. No, just let me see. Say the words. I I did not expect to say fucker mother. <laughs> of course. Oh, I gotta think of something for this. Okay. I can. Oh my god. There's gotta be something. Um, I, just for those of you uh, just joining us, uh, Dead Palette is having a pun war with uh, Slime Beast over our private Skype chat, and it's uh, it's very interesting, I gotta say. Uh, I still think you guys gotta play Overwatch together. Okay, so you want me to do the actual cold open now? This is the actual cold open, bruh. No, because the... That's why it's cold. That's why it's cold. Mm. You should know a thing or two about cold, Mr. Yuki Rider. No, it's got it's got to be a fake cold opening. Why? Because I got I got a good one. It's it's you'll see. <laughs> All right, I want to hear okay. I want to hear his cold opening. All right, okay. let's go. Let's hear. Give us your fake cold opening. Okay, so right now I've been playing a ton of Overwatch, and I'm really obsessed with the game. And there are cups at Taco Bell, which I don't eat at. I don't eat at Taco Bell. There are cups at Taco Bell that have like, codes on them for a contest or whatever, but I'm not concerned with that. I just want the Overwatch cups from the place, and they sent, of, of the four different cups, they sent only one kind of cup to each Taco Bell. So, what? so me and Chelsea have been on a quest going around the different Taco Bells 
and ordering water to get the cups that we want. And so uh, last night we spent like two hours just going to every single Taco Bell in my area. And we would hit up like five Taco Bells and we could not <laughs> find the Tracer Cup, which is the only one I actually was. I was just going to say like, God damn it. Chelsea, we need to find that fucking Tracer Cup. I don't care what other cup we get this day. We need the goddamn Tracer Cup. I got, and it better show her ass. It better show her ass. Yes, exactly. We've been calling it the Tracer Butt Cup, even though there is no butt on it. That's a, That makes it... That's sad. Oh. No, we need the cup. <laughs> but as I mentioned, they need the cup. As I mentioned before, my ass is better than Tracer's. Two, you. two cups, no Tracer. <laughs> <laughs> oh... Cheers, love. Uh, it sounds like, that sounds like something I did as a kid, like for McDonald's. Like I want this certain plate, Disney plate, or um, actually, I specifically remember for the Disney CDs, like the Hero songs, the Rascal. Songs. I remember that. I, I remember when they did those. My mom and uh, my sister and I actually would go hunt for those and make sure I found every single one. Too bad I didn't know about the future where I could get all these songs on YouTube for free, but... We didn't have the internet as strong back then. But there were all kinds of weird promotions in the 90s, and they don't have them around as much anymore. They're always like kids' toys and stuff now. But it's like, go to Burger King and get Wild Wild West sunglasses. (laughs) (laughs) I remember that! Holy shit! I I had those sunglasses for a while, too. Funny enough, uh, I remember as a kid... Taco Bell was the one that introduced me to Digimon because they were doing the promotion for Digimon cars. And I'm like, these characters look cool. I wonder what this show is like. I, that's actually how I got into it. I swear to God. <laughs> well, Chelsea, you told, told awesome. me about like the craziest promotion and I did not know if this existed and I'm sure no one did. Do you guys know Yu Yu Hakusho? Yes. Fucking Hardee's. Hardee's Jr. did a Yu Yu Hakusho promotion where they had Yu Yu Hakusho cups. <laughs> do we have a Hardee's? I haven't seen one. I don't. I don't know if we do over here. California is not big enough for a Hardee's. <laughs> that podunk state. Yeah, so tiny. With your, you know, with your weird? stupid early time religion, where you think the world is three <laughs> hours earlier than it really is. Yeah, Jesus fuck. Do you, do you remember when um, McDonald's gave away uh, like Bionicle toys? Yes. I do. That was I that was that when really like Bionicles was like a brand that they were starting. <laughs> they re- I remember they ran they ran with it too, Bionicle. Because mm-hmm. if you remember in the nineties, their biggest ones are the like ones when it's like, eh, we don't really have a promotion. Is do you want a Barbie like, or a Hot Wheels? I remember that. But then in like the two thousands, they're like, oh, we hit on this thing with our like Technic line. It's like crazy the Bionicle thing, and then suddenly Lego is like. Do you want the villager characters? Here's the villager characters. And it was like, yes, I want the villager characters. <laughs> they throw discs and stuff. Honestly, I think those things... I have a, I think I have a few of those in storage somewhere. They're probably worth something now. You think that? They, they might be. I mean, those are legit Lego parts, you know? And I'm still I'm, the one thing I'm still holding on to is are my signed Ray Bradbury books. Those oh you got those whoa. in a McDonald's promotion. <laughs> Ray Bradbury is just like his wrist is just on fire. <laughs> <laughs> have At you Fahrenheit. have you ever seen 
Have you ever seen um, any video of Neil Gaiman after a, a book signing? No. He, like, sticks his hand in a bucket of ice water and he's just like, ah! Ah! Mm, like, his hand is so cramped. He just has to, like... Why do I imagine that's what happens after a dead palate? Yeah, of course. <laughs> Speaking of which, welcome to the show, everybody. <laughs> I am your host, David King. Dead With me uh, is uh, the returning champion, master of the universe, Dead Palette. Hello. And someone else you might know, my girlfriend and uh, co-conspirator, Kayla. Hi. Um, so that was a long, cold open. <laughs> oh, good heavens. Well, it, it, it's true. I mean, we, we got to get back in the swing of things. It feels like it's been a little bit. Although, it wasn't that long ago that um, that Dead Palette and I did our thing for uh, Crybaby Lane. That was fun. That was fun. I hope you guys listened to that one. That was a good one. And we, and we hope you didn't listen to the audio drama. The, the riff tracks of us doing nothing, just being like, it was pretty good. Yeah, we, we might, we may or may not include that still. That may or may not still be included. We should include it. It just, we we just need to warn people. It's boring, but we had a good time. It, it is boring because we actually enjoyed it. And that's why I think why, why other people cautioned us. No, no, you got to watch it and then actually write a script because that's what the fucking guys at Riff Tracks do. There may not be, we they may not eat, we, we may not need to worry about their eating or breathing or other science facts, but we do need to worry about writing a script. Oh, I was so disappointed. I was almost going to join in, and then I saw the time, and I'm like, guys, I got to get up at 5.45 in a.m. for work tomorrow. There's no way I can yeah. watch this. I got to get up at 6. I'm just stupid. <laughs> <laughs> and it's later for me here. You function better late at night, though, right? I really do, but yeah. So yeah. what are we reading tonight? I'll answer um, that, are... Dead Palette. Broadcast interruption. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck just, you guys. Let me, just interrupted let me you. interrupt your, your broadcast with a broadcast. All right. So what is this story? Uh, it's a story I read a while ago, and I don't want to just say too much. I just want, I just want to read it. Let's, let's go into this thing. All right. Uh, hold on. Can I see who wrote it? I'd love seeing the names of these people. Like... Credit to... For chan All of 4chan no. wrote this. Oh, uh, that's great. Why is it whenever I say, ooh, let's see who the writer is, it's something ridiculous. Last time it was the Bush administration. That was a great... And now it's 4chan. Both tremendous forces of evil. <laughs> I'd like to think that Bush is secretly a 4chan user. Yeah. <laughs> he really likes posting on B. <laughs> of course he would. It's B for Bush. So, Let's see. So we're just going to dive into this one blind, I assume. Uh, you guys the, are, I guess. Reading time is three minutes and 51 seconds, so clearly this episode's going to take us, uh, you know, 45 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, who wants to start? I'm fine with anyone. Okay, anyone. You start. Dickhead. You might have already heard of the broadcast, the TV broadcast hijack in Seneca, South Carolina. The story gained pretty wide currency on the internet, and part of the broadcast is available on YouTube, assuming it hasn't been taken down for whatever reason. For the uninitiated, the Seneca hijacking is one of the lesser-known broadcast signal intrusions. It was big news here, but the nation news uh, barely touched on it. Anyway, I've decided to jot down my impressions of the whole thing, 
even though other eyewitnesses have already described it more elegantly than I could. Um, it gained wide currency on the internet, so bitcoins? Yes. Uh, <laughs> you, you know, the strange thing is, um, because of this movie coming out, the first thing I thought of is Movie Monster, because I've seen so many trailers for that movie that the words TV broadcast... Oh, oh, you mean Money Monster? Money Monster. I am so sorry. That's fine. I know what you meant. That's but, important. Yeah, just the words TV broadcast hijacking. I'm like, oh my goodness. And that, but I mean, it's not intentional, of course. Right, no, of course. Um, yeah, this was made in 2012, I'm guessing. That's what it says here. Okay, so yeah, it's way before that. Although it, it in all likelihood, it was probably, it's, it might be older than that, because these things tend to trickle to um, creepypasta.com, which is where we're reading it. You can tell this person actually does have some skill in writing, though. Like, they're... Like, like as you're reading it through, um, it, they you can tell they practice quite a bit. I like it's I like the way it opens. Actually, that's a fine opening paragraph, to be honest. Yeah, and to downplay your ability to write is probably a good thing. To say other people <laughs> could could describe it more eloquently than I could, and, and yeah. maybe eyewitnesses would have better understanding. I'm just a guy, or a girl, mm-hmm. or whoever. I'm just an anon. Mm-hmm. Posting one B. Literally 4chan, Literally 4chan, as an entity, gained sentience enough to write this story. <laughs> so Any other posting board on the internet might write this better than I. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so who's up next? Uh, where is Seneca? Just out of curiosity. Oh, South oh, is Carolina. That no, oh, stop. I just <laughs> saw it. I'm sorry. That Dumb moments by Kayla. Kayla, you want to take the next one? Sure. Um, I was home on winter break when it happened, making chemistry flashcards in front of the TV. No one else was around. After watching the umpteenth Law & Order rerun, I got bored and started channel surfing. A couple minutes later, I stumbled onto this shitty public access channel where, bizarrely enough, my old high school Latin teacher was reciting a poem while wearing the, this dorky three-cornered hat. <laughs> I watched for a few minutes and had a good laugh. I remembered him as a pretty serious guy, not the sort of person who'd embarrass himself in public like this, when suddenly there was this staticky crackle and the screen cut to this multicolored t- test pattern. Dude, this is the weirdest episode of Candle Cove I've ever seen. <laughs> Fleming effect out the ass. No kidding, right? A high school teacher on TV reciting a poem while wearing, wearing a dorky three-cornered hat. That's nuts. That is, I really like that. It's good. I like it. I like the details, like the little details that I remember, like the chemistry flashcards. Yeah. The umpteenth episode of Law and Order. Would you really watch that many episodes of Law and Order in a row? People do. Yes. Do you know how many times I've watched Gilmore Girls reruns over and over? Yeah, but that's Gilmore Girls. We're talking Law and Order. There's some big Law and Order fans. You'd be surprised. I'm not. I mean, I'm not one of them. Apologies to any Law and Order fans right there. I'm just among the uninitiated. I mean, I always. Like every night before I go to bed, I watch that episode of Dawson Creek that Slime Beast was in. <laughs> That's a lie. And then you masturbate furiously, yes. right? That's a lie. <laughs> uh. I'm sure he'll be touched. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Get uh-huh. it! Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh. Now, I, I have a question. Because. Um, I rarely hear people tell stories about public access channels, and I'm surprised this hasn't been brought up yet. I I mean, I actually 
watched a public access channel when I was a kid, but that actually had high quality stuff on it. Um, but there was a lot of sh- there were a lot of shitty public access channels though. You like know? even for you as a kid. Yeah, I mean, you'd tune into all kinds of weird stuff. Really? I mean, there, there, there was a show that I used to, I didn't watch it, I would just skip by and laugh at it, but they had this show called BTV where I grew up, and it was just a bidding show where people would call in and bid on junk that these people had, so people would just take, like, you know, inane items down to this TV place, and this guy would just, like, sell the items, and people would call in and bid on it. Oh, wow. And I've tried to think of a creepypasta for that, because it's a really cool premise for one, but I just haven't figured out what I would do with it yet. But yeah, there's, yeah. there's all kinds of weird stuff there. That's It's kind of an undertap market. If you throw a bit of Diddick box in there, then maybe... <laughs> Fun fact, um, I, I grew up in the Portland, Oregon area, and actually, um, the show that I... The public access TV show I grew up with was called The Ramblin' Rod Show, which actually... Um, uh, Matt Groening, the creator of Simpsons, grew up with as well, mm-hmm. and the basis for the Krusty Clown show is has the same premise for the Ramblin' Rod show. So both they're basically the idea is these guys would be like, "Hey kids, let's watch another cartoon," and there will be all these kids sitting in chairs being like, "Yay!" and they would just show like the, the whatever cartoon they could get their hands on. Usually it was like old cartoons. Or um, a lot of Tom and Jerry, Hanna-Barbera shit, whatever, or even old Mickey Mouse shit, whatever they could get their hands on. And that's what so I they, it didn't matter if there was copyright. You'd just be like, I'll steal it. No one will ever know. <laughs> and that's exactly what he sounded like. When is that voice going to show up on Midnight Marinara? I don't know. Uh, well, you know, the, the thing is, Dan Backslide is in the public domain, so we could totally just have a, sto- a, a creepypasta about the Dover Boys of <laughs> Pimento University. I hope there's a creepypasta out there about them. It'd be fantastic. Hyper-realistic smoke. Um, oh, it's my turn, isn't yeah. it? Yes, it is. Um, uh, before I had time to change the channel, there's another crackle, and this weird cartoon shows up on screen. I'll let me... Tense shift is a little odd, but okay. Uh, the animation style was detailed, but kind of jiggly and rough. It reminded me of those old anti-drug PSAs. Anyway, it seemed normal enough at first, an ordinary-looking middle-class family eating breakfast together at a round kitchen table. There was a mom in it with an old-fashioned hairdo, a dad, two cherub-faced kids, a boy and a girl, all very Norman Rockwell. The family is making banal smart talk. The dad complains about his first day at the office. The kids prattle on about soccer practice and so on. Gradually, though, the scene starts to get slightly sinister. A green light is seeping through the open window, and the family starts to acquire a jaundiced, unhealthy look. Their skin changes color, and their eyes become sunken. In the background, a droning radio broadcast slowly becomes perceptible. The announcer gives the date as November 15, 2017, and starts to go on and on and on about some strange crisis. You can barely hear what he's saying. He says something about a green light, melting flesh, mutations, strange shapes emerging from the sea. Again and again, the phrase, report to the nearest shelter immediately, is audible. Still, the family keeps eating breakfast as if nothing was happening. And then outside of the kitchen window, you can see, uh, oh my god, what is the Simpsons' neighbor? Ned Flanders. Ned Flanders, there I go, I squandered the joke. You can see Ned Flanders jerking off. (laughs) Uh. Diddly, 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 diddly. Uh. 
That's oh, a, oh, what was the joke that you once made? Uh, um, that was Slime Beast that made that same joke. Oh, yeah, that's I right. just stole it right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I, I oh, like the. He'll, he'll sue you. He'll sue you for that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, those jokes will never get tired to me. Um, never. Norman Rockwell. That's that's a good like visual indicator of. That's an interesting one. I was. Surprised. I mean, if you know Norman Norman Rockwell, which I do, I mean, that's actually good because it kind of gives you a good mental image of kind of the way it's illustrated, you know. Oh yeah. Yeah, and the the idea of like I like the idea. I think maybe it's a little too quick. Of like mm-hmm. immediately they just become jaundiced and unhealthy looking. Yeah, I think that's kind of weird. It was yeah, it's it's a cool idea, just a little bit too fast, I think. Uh huh. It should have. I think. I, I think. I like the detail about some like a, a broadcast kind of droning along in the background, but I think it could have. You know, it could have developed slower. Yeah, the, the broadcast probably could have been there first, uh, it, minus the part about the the green light and melting flesh. Maybe just have some sort of broadcast and then gradually get to they're looking weird and then the... plus it doesn't it doesn't start with this family it starts it all it starts with like his latin teacher doing something silly and then cuts randomly to it it be so it's like you don't really get adjusted to this family you don't really he he doesn't stick with them long it just becomes weird all of a sudden so it it does yeah and that's i think adding from the, this like multicolored screen to suddenly it cuts to this weird moment is a bit too well it, I mean well here's the thing I don't think that that would be a problem if the the author was younger when this happened but I don't think they were I think they're they're probably at least in college or college age because well, they had a high school well, teacher said, well they said it's their old high school teacher yeah. and they're I, they just got a chemistry so I'm assuming they're in college yeah now the the thing I was gonna bring up though that is um, I I was almost gonna I and I I feel weird citing this but one of those weird examples of a of a thing that I found the story did effectively was in Squidward's suicide they had that almost imperceptible droning like sound in the background that got louder over time I think that would have been uh, that could have been something that they used here you know mm-hmm. except it's the broadcast that's slowly coming in yeah so start to start with that slowly before the jaundice part yeah and the green light. Or in, or in coinciding with the green light. Yeah, and that's that's part of the thing, too, is I always feel bad judging this kind of stuff harshly because it's it's supposed to get its idea out there quickly and it's supposed to be real, so a real person would be like, let me skip to the cool part, but it does need to slow down a little bit. you, you got to balance between, like, too much detail and, you know... Uh, taking things slow versus just briefly getting it out there and maybe being less well paced because of that, and that's a hard yeah. that's a hard line to that, to walk. That's a that's yeah. a tricky thing about being a writer is knowing how to and especially what, especially in creepy pasta. Oh yeah, and you got to imagine like this guy is writing it and he's like, you know, I've been writing for like a good half hour right now i probably should bring it in now it it i'm just saying it's fine i don't really have a huge problem with it it's it's a very minor nitpick but it's like something we want to point out is that pacing is super important in a story like this especially when you're trying to i mean suspense pacing is is critical to building suspense so. and, and that's, that's the like, thing too even though this is failing it is pretty suspenseful it is actually and i don't see i didn't say it's failing even that hard it's just something to point out yeah. you know yeah, that's why um, 
I think two of the hardest types of genres to write is, I think humor is the top one, and then horror is the second one. Which is interesting because humor and horror go hand in hand so easily. Yeah. I think we brought this up quite a bit, but I mean, we really need to find an example to really drive it home. But there was the whole um, America's Funniest Home Videos thing that we did where we were talking about the idea of someone eating a Christmas ornament and how that's that's really horror and it's really funny at the same time. Yeah. And how it was, or, it was trying to be horror, but it was actually really funny in the same way well, that it was trying to be horror. Which is interesting because there was also that part where the fucking ninja jumps out of the car and starts... Yeah, it's fucking hilarious. It's just this, like, <laughs> bullshitty non-sequitur that's great. It's not even horrific. It's just funny. Yeah. Uh, and they trampled the baby Jesus. Well, we're still laughing at the fact that a ninja jumped out of a car yeah, yeah. and started attacking. Oh, okay. It's kind of like you, well, when you guys started rewriting Ronald McDonough House. They, they haven't literally rewrote this, but as they were talking, they're like, what if they did this and this? That could have been a perfect horror parody. But as Nick Nocturne said, they completely missed the boat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, let's let's... It's your paragraph anyway, so... And here's where it gets really macabre. The family... <coughs> fin- oh, yeah, I know. The family finishes eating breakfast and the mom loads the kids into the minivan. By now they look really unhealthy. Their bodies are skeletally thin. The whites of their eyes are now sickly, a sickly yellowish color, and their hair is disheveled. The car drives through the landscape, bathed in the green glow from before. Shapes bob... Uh, Strange shapes bob in and out of the screen, and you can can't quite tell where they are what they are. In the buildings the car passed look weathered and deserted. Finally, the car stops at a playground and the mom drops off the kids before driving away. There's a large off color there are large off colored rocks all over the ground, and moaning can be heard in the distance. The kids hang uh, mirth, mirthlessly. Oh, that's a $10 word. Mirthlessly on the monkey bars for a while. Eventually, the camera pans out from the playground, and you can see the rocks littering the ground aren't rocks at all, but naked human forms, horribly disfigured. They seem to be be either growing into or from the ground. I can't say which. And they are very much alive. Behind the monkey bars, a tree can be seen with a human face growing from its trunk. Its features are writhing and contorted in agony. This playground has people in it. <laughs> uh, kind of. That's kind of the vibe I'm getting. Yeah, same. I'm actually getting David Cronenberg land. Yeah, a little. Oh. Uh, <laughs> are you. <laughs> we really Cronenberg to place up, didn't we, Morty? <laughs> well, I'm sure glad we came, we came to this dimension after we normalized the Cronenberg dimension, Morty. Yeah, but I'm kind of, kind of want to live in a universe where I can't do I can't do a Morty. I can't do a Rick either, but I sure shit can't do a Morty. Ooh wee, <laughs> ooh wee. I can't do any voices. All right. Well, um, back to, back upstairs. Back <laughs> <laughs> up in the Dead Pals Jackoff corner. <laughs> uh, the 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 idea of strange shapes bobbing in and out of the screen is really cool. I, th- I think that maybe instead of, if, if we're going to go this route, I think that you should kind of spend more time on that though and say, 
I, I don't know how to describe this. It was really weird. I don't know how to visualize that either. Yeah, I don't know how to visualize that. But those are those are like a, that is the, the those are the words of someone failing to describe something in a in a realistic manner. I just wish they would spend more time on it. Look, it's like look, you got to understand this was like this was just really weird, and I'm gonna like you know like something like that. Yeah, like bro, you can't you can't understand how weird this was. Uh, right. Again, this I think that these are all good visuals. But it's happening in one long paragraph, and maybe it should be like five. Maybe it should yeah. spread out. I thought the same thing too with the other one when we said it feels like it's too quick. But then again, we read that all in one paragraph. It would be nice to see it in separate paragraphs, so it feels like the pacing would maybe that pacing would make it a bit better. Do, mm-hmm. do, do we think that this is okay because it's not a live action show it's a cartoon does that excuse it or doesn't it because i'm not sure did it say it was a cartoon cartoon. yeah it's a cartoon oh so which is why they described it as norman rockwell-esque i mean i'm literally thinking the characters are drawn in a very norman rockwell kind of star i'm almost thinking like almost old warner brothers cartoon well there's there's that there's that traditional aspect that i'm assuming the backgrounds are kind of like matte paintings a little bit yeah. And there's animation over it. Um, the idea of, like, this green glow and this kind of, like, irradiated feel makes me think of a TV show called The Oblongs. I don't know if you've ever heard of that. Yes, it, I do, if you, actually. Yeah, if you haven't, Google the images, because that's kind of the image I'm getting. Um, I can see not, that. Not in subject matter, but in terms of that kind of... Like how they look? Yeah, that kind of look added with this kind of being played straight. Because that's a co- comedy show, but I'm imagining this being played straight. Like, this is mm-hmm. just yeah. how life is. <clears throat> uh, well, I mean, I, I, yeah, I get, I totally get that. I don't know if there's really much more to say except we should. I think it's I, the story's working. I think it's working. Sh- uh, should we though, real quick? Is it uh, excusable because it's a cartoon? Does that help it? Oh yeah, that was the point. Um, actually, I'd say yes. Honestly, because... Because I feel like I, like I would be scrutinizing this more if it wasn't. Yeah, that's the thing. I think because it's animated, it's like, I can I can get behind it more as a, as, a, as, a, as a thing. It also helps that it's not including hyper-realistic anything. That's a good feeling. If, if we ever see the word hyper-realistic, let's all grab whatever alcohol we have and draw, <laughs> drown out our emotions for how horrible it is. I'll start. Sorry. Because it's you next, right? Yeah. The scene suddenly shifts to a white-collar office where the children's father is stooped over a desktop typing away. His features are as sunken and diseased as that of the other family members, and the office is covered in a green glow. In the other cubicles, fleshless corpses sit upright at their desk as frozen in death. Ooh. That's... Is this? Go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. I was gonna say, does this seem too much? Like, all of a sudden now we have corpses, even though before we were talking about um, Cronenberg people? Um, I've, I think after everything we've had, I don't think that this is too much. If, if Nah. Yeah, like, again, those last two paragraphs could have been built up to more. 
And then if those were built up to more, this wouldn't be a problem. I mean, maybe this one is a little too dense, but it's only because those other ones are dense too, with like crazy, creepy stuff really quick. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, the I, images also... is gr- the, the images are great, and, oh, yeah. and the only quality I'm ha- the only question I'm asking is, is this realistic? Because it's good, but is it realistic? And maybe because it's a cartoon, we can excuse it not being realistic. Because it's not a realistic cart, it's a it's a non-realistic cartoon built into a realistic world. If that makes any sense, right? Oh, and so that's I that's mean, why so, I'm giving I, it a pass, I guess. No, I'm giving it a pass too. And I, I know some people are like, "But David, how come you didn't give Squidward Suicide a pass?" I'm like, "Well, that that is that just... is this universe, and that's not realistic." Right. Elements of it. I obviously disagree to a degree, but I get what you're saying. Right. This is this this has been set up. I feel like this has been set up better, too. I'm more willing to give this a pass because of the partly because of the setup, and probably because it's not randomly cutting to. It's not like doing anything weird about like. And then there was it, the, dead children. Dead children is one thing, but also the the sound bit too yeah. was weird. Yeah, and, and they're trying to accomplish these two stories are trying to accomplish different things as their end game though. Right. And, of course. And so. that's. One thing that we we've talked about before is when um, maybe the the politics or the social aspect of a story where someone gets too invested in a message and they don't and like make their world interesting. This oh, yeah. this is this could clearly be seen to have some sort of message about American life and a nuclear family and nukes. Period. Yeah, <laughs> and, I was actually going to say, and I, I don't think it's you'll... overpowering. I think it's kind of an interesting exploration of that world. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, there is that whole... That's why I, I wanted to ask, because um, I do... Send, I was like, there's a theme here. It definitely the, feels like like nuclear. Yeah, in like every sense. Like, there's like there's this um, world that actually does get affected by um, radiation, and now it has created Cronenberg people... And people who have died, and corpses as well, but actually still keeping to the idea of the typical nuclear family that goes to still goes to work and. Well, like well, the oh, image. Oh, one thing that we skipped over real quick before I forget what? the the fact that the mother drops off the kids at the playground and just jets. There's something there. Oh, yeah, because you don't really think about that because there's so many so much stuff before and after it, but she just leaves. Yeah, she just. Gone. That's Bye. an odd thing to do, mm-hmm. especially if you're talking about a nuclear family. Usually, even in today's society, you would not leave your kid, like kids at the playground, and say, "Hey, have a good time," unless it's a school. But yeah, even mm-hmm. that's a little. But uh, yeah. especially more so now because people are like super into Stranger Danger. They love it. Um, <laughs> oh, 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 you made a mistake. Oh, we'll cover that sometime. <laughs> but, but I mean, even so, like in the 50s, like it was the parents, it, or, like it's the 50s. It's the, it's the mom's job to watch over the kids and go home and make dinner and stuff like that. But if she's with her kid, like if she has to be with her kids, she will be with her kids. So if she takes them to a playground... She would stick with him. This is actually a weird thing to see. I, w- I wonder if I'm getting on my ass and analyzing this this way, but it kind of seems like it's saying that that's the pastiche of what American culture is, where it's like th- this, <laughs> this is the idea of what it was, but it's not that anymore. So mm. it's, it's the appearance of this 
nuclear family, this Norman Rockwell family. But, Versus... but they're all detached. The, the father's working a soulless job. The mother isn't looking after her kids. The kids are... The kids aren't stri- having fun at the playground. They're not having fun at the playground. There's all of this um, sort of just malaise. And I think may- maybe that's why I'm critical of the too fast and maybe the too much, because that malaise is so much more interesting of just like, oh. ugh, life is blah, and that's kind of cooler, I think, Yeah, maybe. the malaise. Yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm with you. I actually really like that because, again, we're, we're looking, apparently we're looking toward the future of 2017 as well. And that's that says something. It's like this weird, it's like weird slap, like smashed together of the two in a, in, a, in a way. And it's like, what does this mean? Why is this happening? The thing that really sticks out to me, and I just want to point this out real quick, the, the because sticking with the nuclear idea, like that kind of vi- vision because of the green glow, the slowly like decaying, of the family as they look more and more sick, more diseased. The fact that people are like melting into the ground or people's faces are coming out of trees. The detail that really sticks with me is the, the other cubicles full of corpses that are sitting upright frozen makes me think of almost like that classic image you would get of seeing a, a skeleton and a sitting in a chair after like a nuclear blast, yes, you know, that's oh. a, with the classic. hair blown back and everything. Yeah. One of my favorite... Like I, I picture them almost like that. Actually speak funny enough. I'm bringing up Ray Bradbury yet again. One of my favorite descriptions is um, of a nuclear explosion is uh, when rain softly. When when, when there will come soft rains. Yes. Yeah. Where um, it, it's this great description in the beginning where they, it says it looks at this house and it's completely blackened except for uh, silhouettes of a child, two children. One is throwing a ball in the air. Oh, you know, there's there's like actual things like that in. Um, Japan and uh, Nagasaki and Hiroshima. Mm-hmm. And I have no doubt that Ray Bradbury got inspired oh, by yeah. that. Oh yeah. And th- and that's uh-huh. that's like real world, <clears throat> super super fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, it, it um, almost Kayla- yeah it almost feels weird to dislike. I, I don't know where I was going. It's just weird. Well, it's even weirder, too, because, like, um, I mean, that that comes from, again, a bomb, a bomb that was dropped, you know, something we did. And then um, I know we're I know we're really people are probably like, get on with it at us. But I just I just got to say, Kayla and I actually went to an exhibit on Pompeii and oh, we saw the uh... plaster like the the, you know, the plaster molds of where people were basically frozen in place, the corpses by the pyroclastic flows. And it's crazy because you see them right at the moment. They were kind of like just flashbaked out of existence. It was crazy. So it's almost reminiscent of that too, you know? Yeah, and I mean, the reason we're taking so long on this is because it's doing a nice job of evoking feelings and images in our heads. It does a lot with a little. It does. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe maybe Honestly, you could do a lot more with <laughs> a little more pacing. I, yeah. was, I was just going to say, like, in terms of, like, description, like, as an outline, it's fantastic. Yeah. But if you want to make it a real story, it just needs to be paced better. That's yeah. all I'm right now seeing for issues with it. But well, we got two more, it's really... two more paragraphs, and then we're going to... Yeah, that's yeah. the thing. We're also taking a really long time because this is a super short story. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, I'll, I'll pick it up. Finally, we see the family return home for the evening, walking through the front door together. Their skin is no longer simply jaundice, but actually melting off. 
dripping from their outstretched arms and running down their faces in drops. As they are literally falling to pieces, the family sits down in the dining room and begins wordlessly to eat dinner. Their flesh becomes more and more amorphous, ribbons of skin dangling from their bodies like the tendrils of an octopus. I can barely describe it, but they somehow begin to merge with the chairs they are seated on, or rather their skin grows over them. By now their skin has the consistency of melted ice cream, and they are barely recognizable as humans, except for their eyes, which somehow remain intact. The camera zooms closer and closer to the table, and finally their eyes all move directly towards the camera, conveying a feeling of unfathomable sadness. The screen goes black, and large white letters appear on the screen. Report to the nearest shelter immediately. Remaining at private residences is strictly prohibited. And with that, the screen turned to static. I stared in stunned silence for a few minutes before the banal local channel switched back on. I'm gonna fit. There's my fucking Latin professor with his stupid hat. <laughs> uh, let's finish this off. And that's all I know, really. I almost thought I was dreaming until the paper reported the story the next day. God knows what really happened. A ridiculously elaborate prank? An ill-advised viral marketing campaign? The crazier parts of the internet have their own theories. You can look up the video yourself if you're morbidly curious. Mm. I actually like how that ends. I really like mm. how that ends. That's a Because it does kind of make me want to go look it up. Yeah! And even then, this seems realistic. It's like, whoa, what a weird fucked up thing to happen, right? And it... Oh, I like that unlike, you know, obviously this story set itself up well enough that this is just recounting a weird memory. So it fits into the idea of like, hey, this is something that could have actually happened in just a really uh, one-off incident. But, you know, I've read so many stories where it just ends with, oh, but then I hear the voices and they're getting closer. And I'm just like, oh, thank God I didn't have to deal with one of those tonight. <laughs> and then the fact that it's a cartoon makes it even more... Makes it even more f- fucked up almost. Yeah, because one... It, that actually seems more realistic than so. someone actually got a bunch of fucking actors to be a part of this and somehow show melting faces and stuff like that. It's like, wasn't that weird? The fact that actually someone drew the, drew an animation... As far as we know. As far as we know, and then suddenly posted this feels more realistic to me. Because they never say, like, they had their sound in it or anything like that. So, And that's actually... Pretty good because no, no, no. They say there was sound because the characters talk and you hear the oh, that's right. You hear the radio broadcast. You hear like a moaning noise in the distance. But what's weird is we do not know a single point of the plot. No, the plot is all done visually. Yes, which is which is a little strange. And when I say that, I don't. I mean like I'm not sure if that's good, strange, or bad, strange, (laughs) or realistic or unrealistic. It's it's kind of found a way to get a jail get a jail uh get a get out of jail free card by having it be a cartoon <laughs> what it doesn't have a get out of jail free card for is this video doesn't exist and other people haven't reported on it right so that's like there's the problem <laughs> does it i'm trying to look at the beginning cuz it says Uh, I mean, it doesn't say it doesn't exist. It just says uh, 
part of it was available on YouTube, assuming it hasn't been taken down. It doesn't say it doesn't exist. This, just... this one person saying it has a wide currency on the internet, but we don't know that for sure. But even so, I like the fact that... Um, what a weird... like. Uh... Hey, the entirety of 4chan posted this, so it must be true. <laughs> but the thing is, you look at it and you're like wondering, did that actually happen? Like, this is... the They actually do make it seem like this was just a weird thing that happened, and you kind of believe believe it. I mean, you know it. I mean, because it's creepypasta, you know it's fake, but it's like... that, And that's what good creepypasta is supposed to do. It's supposed to make you think, was this real? And like you said, you wanted to go look it up. So did I. I'm like, did... did but but for me... I don't think it's real. I'm just curious. I, I wonder how much of a... I, I wonder how much... Uh, what what would happen if you did look it up? Yeah. But, you, but I have, and it's not real. I figured. So, so I figured. that's where, so that for me, it kind of falls apart there. That that's that's really important. You could just be like, um, people haven't recorded this, or find some other excuse. But you have to find an excuse, I think. Right. Like, like uh, g- good old uh, Jacob Emery teaches us: there can't be any evidence. Mm-hmm. It has to go up in flames somehow. That's that. Uh, that was the point, and uh, I had just assumed that someone out there would have, considering how. I assume this story looks like it was pretty well received. It's got 8.6 on uh, the creepypasta ratings out of 552 votes as of this uh, recording. And I look at it and I think to myself, this is the kind of thing that someone who is really dedicated or you'd think several people who were would try and recreate this. You know what I mean? Yeah. Kind of like how people have tried to do shoddy fan versions of uh, Candle Cove. Yeah, and I, which defeats the whole purpose of the whole story. But yeah, that's that's the funny thing is the one people have spent most time the most time on is Candle Cove, and it's the one that doesn't need it. It's it's no, hilarious it's, how many people misinterpret Candle Cove. <laughs> the interesting part is uh, this is it's supposed to be like a ooh is this actually going to happen on in 2017 but here's the funny part it's November 15th and my birthday is November 17th and I'm all, all I can think to myself is. Aw, the world's going to come to an end before I turn 28. Boo! <laughs> but I, I I do really enjoy this story. I think that its hiccups really frustrate me because it's they're such great images. And I, yeah. and I can't tell if it's just me putting my filter on it of, like, I want it to be this. Maybe the story is perfect as it is, and I'm just putting my own expectations on it. No, I, I think it, it real. I think it is definitely needs better pacing. This is like someone that this is like a story someone wrote, and it's great. And then the only thing they need to do is find a way to rewrite it to pace it better. That's the only thing that needs to be done. Like, there, I mean, there's times where I'm like, this looks like a first draft, and there's so much more you can do with this. With this one, it feels like more like a, a second or third draft. And someone like someone did like the, their editing and their correction. Just someone they just need to pace it better, really. Yeah, the part just, the part with the intense prose though is really good. The the whole like tendrils of an octopus thing it, that's and the melding into the chairs that's really cool. Yeah, I like that. Me too. I like that a lot. Honestly, I like this one. Yeah, I so think do it's I. pretty good for the most part. It's kind of nice every so often to read something on this <laughs> on this show <laughs> that I like. So, uh, in terms of freshness rating, I'll give it a fresh. 
Although I wouldn't, I would say probably wait till it finishes congealing before you uh, before you taste it. Yeah. I th- I think of it more as uh, one of the things that David does is like he'll make he'll cook the pasta and then forget to and then put sauce on it. I'm like, why'd you leave the sauce cold? And it's like slightly warm because of the heat and the warm sauce. It that's what it it's like to me. It's like if you would have warmed up the sauce, this would have been good. That's so an much extra better. step I don't feel like doing. <laughs> I take so much pride in whenever I make sauce. I, I know, I know you do. I'm just <laughs> you weren't you weren't gonna have any originally. I'm just like oh, I'll just make it my way. Yeah, I know. And then the I... lazy man way. <laughs> Pasta's dumb. This podcast is a part of the Benview Network. You can find this and other podcasts like it at BenviewNetwork.com.